Are we on? We're on. We're on. Hey, you're listening to a special in a car episode of the Sunnyside Comics. Oh, not the Comics Podcast. The Sunnyside Car Podcast. Yeah, let's just call it the PJ and Ron in a car park. <laughs> not drinking coffee or Diet Coke or anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the the least offensive thing you could have asked me to do in a car park. So, Well, yeah, it's just very nice. I mean, I, the day's early yet, so the, I wouldn't I wouldn't hide all the options away. Um, we're off. To, we're going to see... Um, um, Steve Coogan. S- Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge. Uh, Ron, as the bell of the ball, has been asked twice today. Yes, yes two, two people have contacted me on two separate occasions asking if I'd like their spare ticket. I'm not going to lie, Ron, you were not my first option. PJ pipped, me to, pipped uh, Pablo to the post. <laughs> Say that again faster. I'm not going to. <laughs> PJ Pip Pablo to the post Pablo to the post PJ Pip um, yeah I uh, I asked you because I so my, I originally bought the tickets I don't know two years ago whatever it was and um, I just thought I'll just find someone to go and then come this week it was like who, who is actually going to go with me I hadn't really thought about it I thought well I can ask um, my wife was out like that was she was like I'll go with you if you like and I'm going I'm not going to sit in, Al- in an Alan Partridge thing with you sitting there s- s- kind of going I don't really understand this is this what's supposed to be funny what's this what does that mean <laughs> and not really enjoying it because I like Annette and I have different I mean there's a there's a crossover that we have of things that we both find very very funny like Father Ted and stuff like that but there's all, equally there's a lot of stuff that Annette just does not get at all like like and particularly it seems to be like 8 out of 10 cats we were watching 8 out of 10 cats uh, does Countdown came on TV okay. I find it really really funny I, I I've never seen it have you not it's, no. it's really funny I mean it, the gist of it is, uh, it was a it was a mashup of two shows for for the um, what do you call it for the comedy thing for, for a comedy raising money thing. They did this mashup of eight out of ten cats and countdown. Was it comic relief? It was comic relief. Yes, that comedy raising money thing. That, that's the one. Yeah, and and it did it, it did so well. The series has run for longer than, and it's a weird format because it's like. Normally a panel shows comedians come on and do, you know, here's some questions, there's some jokes. But this has got little skits in it and, and all sorts of things. There's, you know, like the introduction bit of it is nearly the longest part of the show where they go around everyone because everyone has their own little skit or thing they're going to do. I mean, I feel like our audience, such as it is these days, knows, would, what it is. knows, knows what it is. I'm the only one who's ignorant of this. <laughs> well, anyway, the thing is, that's watching it. Although I think our friend Beck Hill's been on it. Has she, has she been on it? I she think she has been on it, okay. yeah. um, Annette was watching it. Uh, it was on TV, and Annette was watching it. I was laughing like a drain. And Annette goes to me, she goes, they haven't even started the countdown yet. <laughs> so I completely missed the point. And, uh, you know, so I know she doesn't like Alan Partridge because she just doesn't, it's just not her thing. And um, so I knew she'd be sitting there going, Mm. And I kind of said, look, I, I honestly would rather go on my own than take you, knowing you're not enjoying it. <laughs> like, it would be, it'd be one thing to be on my own enjoying it, but another thing to be sat there with someone who wouldn't enjoy it. And then I thought, who can I ask? And I thought, well, uh, my dad maybe. My dad wasn't into it at all. Um, I mean, first of all, I had to explain who Alan Partridge was to, to him. Just Always a good start. too complicated. Uh, my brother, uh, Luke, who is uh, much younger than me, he's off to uh, London this weekend. But he, he would have gone... I think he would have enjoyed it and then it occurred to me I could ask Ron and I thought oh because Ron would, you would really enjoy it I knew I knew you'd really enjoy it I, knew, I said to Annette oh I'll ask Ron Ron enjoys things <laughs> she, she got really offended by this so I enjoy things too I'm like Look, no I know you enjoy things but like Ron honestly, really enjoys things that's not an accusation that's leveled at me very often <laughs> 
I think you do. I, I mean, I don't know. I see maybe people think you're cynical, but well, I know. I mean, famously, when you enjoy though, it, things. It, it, it's me not liking Dairy Girls against everyone else. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm not baffled about you not liking it. That I can understand. What I don't understand is why you've decided to fight that battle. I mean, you need something to do. <laughs> it's like the most amusement you're getting out of Dairy Girls is just sitting there arguing. Actually, you know, 1996 was not the year that that single was released. I think you'll find that was, should have been in 1995. And as we all know, the show is set in 1994. So, of course, that doesn't make any sense. Which also, I'd like to point out that previous week when they asked, was there a Jewish fellow in the RUC? And he said, if we count him, there's three Catholics. I think you'll find there was about 26 Catholics in the RUC at that time. I would love to know the stat. I was watching that thing. And what, are, what were the statistics on, on the Catholic membership of the RUC at the time? It could not be three. I really doubt their commitment to authenticity. <laughs> no, no, no one's, I don't think anyone's watching it for authentic. I mean, I, it's more of a, it's more of a, you know, a casual vibe. It's more of a kind of. But yeah. anyway, I mean, the, here's the truth. The truth is, you're enjoying being annoyed by it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you look, can't deny look, that. We all, we all take our pleasure different ways, and I'm, I'm definitely. <laughs> I mean, the phenomenon of hit watching things is is re- yeah. Because why would you re- even watch the second episode if you decided you don't like it from the first one? I watched all, I watched them all as they were broadcast, and then last weekend I rewatched the entire of the first two series again nothing, just to see if I still nothing. didn't like it. And if anything, I liked it less. <laughs> and I and I know what a pariah that makes me in Northern Ireland. Jesus, Ron, you'll be telling everyone you don't fancy Game of Thrones next. It's it's one of these things in Northern Ireland where if anything's made here, you have to. Everyone has to be on board with it. Like in the last couple of weeks, there's been so many news reports and uh, talking about the Northman, which is the new movie that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, Robert and, Eggers. And I haven't seen it yet, but it just feels like you've got to be on board with the Northman. Now, no one's gone to see this film, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it has bombed at the box office, which seems like a real shame because I've liked his previous two films. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, I'm going to go and ca- try and catch it this weekend. But you know, if you if you want to make something really popular here, apparently it just has to be wry jokes about being from Northern Ireland. Hang on, but what's the Northwind got to do with Northern Ireland? It was Is made it? here. Oh, was it? I it didn't was all know made that. here. Oh, yeah. I, every single part. Apart of it? from there's some bits set in Iceland, which were made in Iceland because Northern Ireland apparently doesn't look like Iceland. Yeah, no, no. But um, all the bits that are set in you know the rest of Scandinavia, and I think there's stuff set in Ukraine, and it's all set in it's all it's made all filmed here. here. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening here. You know, of course, that Kevin Hart's been walking around, not you know, no shit. Has he yeah, been walking? Dick teasing everyone about comedy shows that no one can get tickets to. He's, he's been showing up at comedy comedy shows. He's been doing off the cuff hours uh, in like local comedy shows. You know, yeah. showing up where the t- where the level of talent is is somewhere above like your uncle at a wedding. <laughs> And Kevin Hart sticks his head out from around the corner. I like to turn up at like I like drawing contests for eleven year olds and just come in and casually come in and go, Here, um I've got can I have a I've I'm I I'm my eleven year old and just do do some drawing and then go you know, actually I'm not a professional and then just leave. That's what I like to do. You know, if you had to name maybe the top mm. I think he maybe actually is right now <clears throat> the highest paid comedian in the world. And he's showing up and doing off-the-cuff bits in laveries <laughs> of all places in Belfast. And then the following week, he's doing 
three nights in a row at the Limelight. And, now and this, the Limelight's not a big venue. It's not a big venue at all. And now this weekend he's doing the Ulster Hall again, which sounds like it might be a big venue. It's really not that it's, big of a it's venue. It's only because and I looked this up because she said the, the people were complaining about how tickets had vanished for the Ulster Hall uh, almost as quickly as as the Limelight. There's like a three hundred seat difference. Yeah. Between them, there's not that many, and I think I think it's because the Ulster Hall is probably seated for the most part. In the but this, this is a man who could sell out Madison Square Garden oh, two yeah, or three yeah. nights in a row. Yeah, yeah. You know? These are still tiny beer venues. But I mean, I mean part of it, I think, is that uh, he doesn't know what nights he can do a show, but also, like, I the, just don't realize. There's I don't, no I don't, venues. There's no. I don't think here. he realizes that he's very famous here. <laughs> No, no, I, th- I he's think just like, I, I think, gotta do some shows. I think the problem is he's trying to phone up big venues and going, "Can I do like a night here?" And they're going, "Who are you?" And going, "No, no, I, I don't, I don't think anyone knows who you are, so we're not going to book you." And it's like, "Oh, I'm actually quite famous." You think he's phoning the SSD and they're going, "Look, Shane Todd's in that night. <laughs> We've got your man Patty who does bits of TikTok. He's very popular." <laughs> Well, I've seen you. We saw you in the limelight there, uh, Kevin. But you're no Paddy Raff. I mean, whenever, whenever you're, whenever you can fill somewhere bigger than the limelight, give us a call. <laughs> and that's that's the truth of it. If he if he could if he booked out the SSE, he would sell it out. Mm. You know? Yeah, but I think the problem is the SSE can't find the night to slot him in. No, they can't. And I suspect he can't. Absolutely. But also, I think he's it. enjoying doing the small gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think the it's small, it's, intimate ones. You know, so he's in Belfast at the minute, filming a. I proposed uh, doing a, a T-shirt. You know, it, it was the, the Kevin Hart non tour. I didn't get tickets on these nights and these nights and these. Nights. Just a, a list of the date venues when I couldn't successfully buy tickets because they flash. I've like, been I've been really really restrained about it because I do have people I could call to get tickets. Yeah. And I've made a point of not doing it because I assume they are getting absolutely oh, yeah, yeah. hammered by everyone. But that says he says, "Do you want tickets to that Kevin Hart?" I says, "I, I'll ask someone. I, I know someone who could get some." I went, "Can you?" He went, "Yeah, yeah." I was talking to someone. They, they, they could get tickets. So the next day, I says, "So, what about the tickets?" He says. I couldn't get any. I says, what did he do, this guy that knows Kevin Hart? He says, well, he was working security at a place that Kevin Hart was filming. <laughs> I don't know what my dad thought he was going to do. <laughs> he go up to Kevin Hart and say, excuse me, Kevin, can I have a couple of tickets for my, dad's, for, for my mate's son? <laughs> sure, Jaunty. No bother. It's just a security card at a random location. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! But he's making a isn't it a film or something for is it for Netflix? It's a yeah film or a series for Netflix. Uh, I think it's called Lift or something. It's a heist movie. I don't know if it's set in Ireland or if it just happens to be shot here. But as everything is now. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we we do seem to be tra- attracting an awful lot of a uh, film. I thought I thought post post Brexit there'd be a lot less. I thought we'd start seeing them drop out because one of the big attractions here is so it's a European location. You can go from here to any part of Europe. Yeah. And 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 like the most attractive thing about about Northern Ireland is apart from the cheapness of the labour is the and the fact we all speak English fluently is that, that there's lots of locations very close together that can cover a lot of different bases. Yes, but the other thing is that there's quite a large talent pool now yeah, of people yeah. that have been trained on various shows. Yeah. So you have your you know, camera assistants, you know, focus pullers, mm. assistant ADs and stuff that are all just sitting around waiting for work and they will work a lot cheaper than going to somewhere and if in you, England. If, you, if you're making a show like The Norseman where you need a lot of extras with beards, yeah. Northern Ireland has a preponderance of them having done... Game of Thrones and, and uh, Vikings. It's, yeah, and there's it's a lot of extras with beards standing around. Every person here's got a big the, long beard. Those people just went hairy and then just thought, well, 
I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm getting occasional work out of it. <laughs> discovered it's so easy to mic up someone with a beard. <laughs> you, just, you just attach the mic to their beard. Yeah, well, so I'm wearing a t-shirt today, folks, and I didn't have anywhere really good to, to attach my lapel mic to, so I've just I've just clipped it onto my beard. I suggested put it on your beard, Ron. And beard, and beard, and Ron looked at me like at nine heads and went, "Oh, that actually works really well." <laughs> So anyway, anyway, so we haven't podcasted in a long time, and that's mostly because COVID. And the biggest problem is, is, is I think now we're it's just feeling our way back to what you feel safe in, and different people have different levels yeah. of where they feel safe. You suggested that you were now post caution, which is a, a phrase I really enjoy. <laughs> uh, so I am too post caution. Um, I mean, I don't want to be, but it sort of feels like, I mean, it's not, I mean, I, I hate the idea that I'm being peer pressured into not wearing a mask at venues and stuff, but it does feel like it can only do a limited amount of good anyway. And I mean, we've both discussed this. We've both had COVID fairly recently. So yes. multiple jabs. I'm on, I've, I've had my third jab. Double, um, double jab on it. Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. Double jabbed it, uh, triple jabbed it. And we've both had COVID relatively recently which confers a certain amount of immunity so we're sort of okay there is for a no way that yet. kid has anything. he's just got something stuck up his nose <laughs> i don't think for a second there i thought he was some kid with uh, needs there's a kid walked past the car with a headphone socket up his headphone up, up his nose uh, it looked like an oxygen tube no it uh, attached to something there were, there were headphones hanging off the other end of were there so maybe just don't want to lose his headphones i think he's just acting the lad <laughs> Acting the league. Acting the league. Acting, you not heard that expression? Oh, no? yes. Acting the league. I haven't no, heard well, that. Not, in a while. not the last few decades. But I am boiling in this car, and I'll tell you right. So when if I, I put work, the windows down, I can put the windows down. But can you do there that? may be more noise for the for the, yeah, for the listener. Like, but that's that's, let's that's cool. That. Oh, that's a bit cooler. I know, but also people will hear what we're talking about. But here, and I'm about to drop something. So <laughs> I um I am on the medication. I'm on medication. Um, uh, it's I don't know what it is. It's a penicillin, and it's for uh, a a pain I've got somewhere that the doctor's gone you maybe should have this penicillin so I is, is this pain south of the border it's very yeah yeah it's very south of the border it's actually inside my testicles that's the thing is right inside there so what you're saying is that the the long running uh, story thread of you having very large testicles it's paying off now it's paying off <laughs> it's finally finally that plot point's come back um, they, so, so lay, lay it all out on us there uh, what <laughs> testicles what? I mean, <laughs> you want me to lay my testicles out on you but... well, give, give us the story of the testicles okay well, when I was very young uh, uh, well there's no story there it's just a wee bit of a pain Anyway, I, I've been waking up every day for like two weeks with a wee bit of pain testicles. And that, I was like, these are a bit sore. And, and I went to the doctor, and that's not fun when you go to the doctor. And he goes, so if you just take your trousers down and lay down there. And then he, he pokes and prods, and he goes, is that sore? And you're going, no. Uh, and he's going, oh, and he's going no. And then he, he kind of goes, so I just have to ask you, is there any chance of a sexually transmitted disease? I'm going, no, not a, not a hope in hell. He's like, not a chance, <laughs> Not man. a chance, my friend. Not a chance. Uh, I'm telling my, my dad this story, and he goes, my dad goes, um, so has it affected your sex life? And I says, I'll let you know. <laughs> 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 so, so anyway, the, um, what do you call it? The, the, um, this is probably, I should not be saying any of this stuff. So, um. He went, well, I'll give you penicillin for, I, it was called something epidepi double wobbly. Oh, for your epididymis? Yeah, 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 which is where the, 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 the all the cabling comes down to your testicles. So yeah. it's, he said it's a bit swollen, so I'll give you this, which is uh, possibly what it is, but you can get an infection there. But you can also, this could also be a post-COVID thing. 
so I don't know. So he's given me this stuff. Covid of the balls. Yeah, Covid of the balls. Well, there are people with, with complaint of testicular pain after Covid, so there is a, a post-Covid balls up. Um, so he he gave me this medicine, and I got it home. And on unusually, like normally, there's like all the side effects listed. Uh, unusually, one side effect in particular was listed on the side of the thing, and it said, um, "Stay, avoid sunlight, and do not use sunbeds." And I thought. I mean, I, like, I don't use sunbeds, so that's not a worry. And I'm in Northern Ireland, so what are the odds, like, in, in the sunlight? And I thought, this is nothing to worry about. And, I've, and actually, that's not true. I thought it was funny. I said to my wife, I said, look, it says avoid sunlight, as if, as if. <laughs> so I put that down, forgot about it. And then about four or five days ago, we were out, and um, we are walking along, and the wind was blowing. And I said to Annette, I says, is it, is it rain? I think it's starting to rain here. Do you feel the rain? It's going, I don't feel the rain. She's, I'm pretty sure it's rain coming. We went in. Next day, similar thing. Well, this time we were out in a boat uh, going to Rathlin Island. And it really, I could feel spray. Like a spray hitting me all over the place. I go on that. She could really feel that spray. And she's going, what are you talking about? There's no, sp- there's no, what are you talking about? I go, can you not feel like spray hitting? She's going, no. I'm like going, I think it's a stroke start. Well, we were walking around Rathlin Island and the sun was splitting the trees. It was a gorgeous day. And I could feel it. I could still feel water hitting. I said, do you know what else? feel like it's raining. And like really heavy rain at this point, not little like, tiny rain. And I go, no. I'm going, I I think there's something wrong. <laughs> something happened. Because when, when the wind was blowing, I could feel it like... Like it felt like rain was hitting me. It felt like yeah. drops of water hitting my face. It was that kind of, you know, that kind of slightly colder pain around your face. You know, yes. when those droplets hit you. And then when the sun, uh, when when the wind stopped, my face was burning, like really sore burning. I was going, this is not something weird's happening here. And I thought maybe so. I got a wee bit of rosacea. Ros- ros- rosacea. Rosacea. Well done. Uh, thank you for pronunci- I'd forgotten about pronunciation corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, so I have that already, and I thought maybe it was that. But then I could feel the pinpricks hitting my arm as well. Right. So, um, so as we were walking along, I was kind of thinking this is really weird. I'm gonna have to phone the doctor and see what it is. Maybe I've got I don't know sunburn. Maybe some of that with the uh, prosecco. Um, and uh, and then I remembered the instructions on the medicine to avoid sunlight. Right. Okay. So uh, we looked it up, and it's like don't go into the sun for like ten minutes for any longer than ten or fifteen minutes. Really avoid sunlight. It will cause your you know to burst out in blisters and really seriously because it, it, the medicine fucks up something inside your skin well, and there's free radicals go flying everywhere listener, this explains why PJ approached my car earlier with his hood up <laughs> as if he was you know Count uh, escaping the ra or something you card <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that's that's why that's why I'm kind of avoiding sunlight right now because it, it really I mean my face is quite red I have a little bit of that pinky thing around your face anyway which flares up sometimes and goes away sometimes but right now my face looks like I've been battered it's like it's really not good um, so yeah so that's the fun I've got so I don't know if this I think I think if I go away in the cold and just let it lie I'll be fine for a while but I'm trying to avoid sunlight and it's coming up to somewhere in Northern Ireland and it's where, you know I don't you know I like a bit of rain anyway but it's like I really yeah, I like that summer's happening and the light we get a lot of light in Northern Ireland so if you're not from here you'll not know like it'll be <laughs> yeah. it'll be light until about 11 o'clock come, come the summer um, this is one of the weirdest things I find when you go abroad it's some, somehow like places stay lit until 7 or something then the light goes away and you go why is it suddenly dark it's the middle of summer what's going on my brain doesn't wrap around there's a physical reason for that it's just 
different places. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I'm, there we go. I'm still marveling at uh, how how dressed up people are for this thing. And <laughs> honestly, <laughs> listener, I I look like I'm in my pajamas. They're not even matching pajamas, though. That's the thing. I'm in some very loose fitting trousers and an even looser fitting t-shirt. I tell, I mean, I said like if when you get two offers to go, it doesn't matter. It's it's you know. It is a buyer's market. I'm clearly, I'm clearly in demand. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to make an effort. Yeah, our friend Pablo also asked you if you wanted to go today to this show. So I think a lot of people are buying two tickets on the basis that, well, I'll find I, someone. And everyone's then, assuming they've got friends. Yeah, or they're in a relationship that suddenly ended towards <laughs> towards the, Could be. the length of the show was so <laughs> long. I mean, poor Nathan had um, he had tickets to see oh some um, group I can't remember their name. But they they rescheduled three or four Bay times. Bay City Rollers. No, it was it was take that. No, it was it was one of those groups that's got like twenty fellas in it. One of them's from Northern Ireland, and they do kind of uh, like rap oh, music. It's uh, uh, Brockhampton. Brockhampton, that's the one. That's the They're, one. I quite like Brockhampton. Oh, there you go. Well, Nathan really likes Brockhampton. Bare, one of them's from Northern Ireland. Bearface is from Northern Ireland. Yeah, His name's Kieran and Doherty. It's very good. Oh, there you go. So Nathan was very excited about this, and uh, and they've cancelled. They 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 rescheduled three or four times. Was it for here? Was it the SSE? Uh, it was. It might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, but the, the rumor, uh, and then the band disbanded. Right. But I think they've got back together again for an album. I mean, there's so many of them. You know, I mean, there's like twelve of them. <laughs> So, yeah, there's a. It's a big group. It's if they disband, do they know? If they still keep hanging out with each other. <laughs> so anyway, so in the end, he is because we were expecting Nathan. So Nathan's seventeen now. Like that's the shut up. Yeah, he's seventeen. He is. Uh, he'd be eighteen November. So this was going to be his first concert when he was right. sixteen, and of course he's not sixteen anymore. And Thomas, in the meantime, has gone to see a guy called KSI. I don't know if you're familiar with KSI. He, he's a YouTuber who hits people. He hits people. Well, he had a fight with. Uh, he, had a, he had a sponsored fight with uh, Logan Paul. Oh, did he? Well, they, they yeah. had a. They had a. What do you call it? Like a boxing match. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. Remember. I don't think that's the same as he I, hits people. I think his YouTube channel is called like KSI Can't Lose or something like that. Well, he, uh, yeah, and he he had a concert in Dublin. Thomas went to see him. Thomas is like thirteen, so he's seen a concert before Nathan has. Which oh, okay, feels kind of weird and wrong because Nathan's really into music. Like he's properly into music, you know. He's all over Kanye but, but West. Is, but is he into people? Nathan, yes. Likes, likes being around people? Oh, yeah. Okay, because I, mean, I don't... The, the, weird, this, the weird thing is, like, my kids have kind of... Sw- not switched personality, but whereas Nathan would have been the socially awkward one now, he's got a big gang of friends and, you know, really Start happy his own being Brockhampton. He could, he could well do. But they're all I've from Northern Ireland. Sing. He can't even <laughs> sing. That poor boy has Look, not got a most voice. most of Brockhampton can't sing either. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, them are rapping fellas so we're are. not a musical family Ron this is the thing I've always, always admired about you is, is that you can do something with music and I just have no there's no music in our family and I I my, my wife is from the countryside where there's a lot of people that like you know country country boys like they're singing I think it's, and stuff. I think it's a my requirement wife, in the country you have to be able to play something or sing something yeah yeah except for my wife who hasn't a note in her head oh well so, okay. so like I married someone who sings worse than I do <laughs> and our offspring Combine those terrible oral qualities. Um, so yeah, there's like no music in our family at all. It's it's just a very odd thing. Um, but you know, there we go. So that's that's all my news. I don't okay. know if I have any more. I mean, nothing more I can tell. I don't really have anything exciting really that's happened other than I've just been living in my new house for the last year. Oh yes, it's been great. That is that's the thing. Like you don't see someone for ages, and the last time you saw him, oh, I'm moving into a new house. All oh, right, great. I'm sure, I'll chat to you soon. And then it's like a year later, and I'm like, you're well in there. Yeah, like. PJ hasn't been to my new house yet. I haven't been to the new because of COVID. 
because of COVID. Although people have been round. <laughs> I'll come round then. I'll definitely come round. I mean, I want to do. I would like to do more podcasty shows, but you want to do interviews with people, don't you? That's your. Well, that's your their whole thing. Well, I, I mean, I, I I have my own company now that is a video production company, and I I, I get I get enough of that. Enough, okay. Enough interviewing people. Okay, so we could just turn up and do a podcast then. We could probably do that. I yes. would like Scott. Scott, if you're listening, come back to us. I miss Scott. I miss him. And I, his little I, family are all older now. Like, they'll all be... They're all... I mean, like, you know, I, I live vicariously through Scott's family on Instagram. Oh, right. Oh, I he's just, on Instagram? I, I just... Well, well, his wife posts <laughs> pictures every day, and mm-hmm. generally they're doing stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, those kids are just shooting up like weeds. <laughs> yeah, mine are both taller than me now. That's kind of wild depressing. Um, I'm big into comics again in a big way. You are? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's been, it's been scary how... I mean, ever since I was like 13 or 14, the the dial has always swung between movies and comics, mm-hmm. and it's it's deep into comics territory at the minute. I just, While movies are all being comic-based movies? Well, I've, yeah, th- do you know what? That might be something to do with it, where I'm kind of going... Movie, I, movies are kind of doing comics not as well as comics do comics. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm just not enjoying the mainstream movie well, fair at like the, the big mainstream movies are almost all comic related now and even the way. big even the big movies that everyone loved like June I was kind of cool on yeah uh, but then I just went home and read a bunch of comics and I was happy <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know if I I, I mean I, again I really don't read that much uh, but like I've been drawing a lot of comics drawing a lot of comics like I've got one out um when, so I'm do, I've done Time Before Time, an issue of that, with Declan, yes. uh, Declan Shalvey and Rory McConville, which is out next month, I think. May, in May sometime. Um, I've really been enjoying that series. So. Yeah, no, you like this one off. I believe just... your issue and Declan's last one shot aren't, aren't collected in the trade paperbacks. Why is this? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's like... Is don't it, ask is me, it, I am just are, artist man. Are, are these things done as like an incentive to get people to go to comic shops to, to pick up the... Well, so Image do this thing, they like doing this thing where they collect and then they, they collect storylines and, and then move on. And I think normally, sometimes what they do is they'd have a gap, a yeah. gap of a month or two. And I, I suspect, and this is entirely me surmising, um, I suspect Declan and Rory wanted the comic to keep going and thought that that gap issue if they bring in a different artist they'll give the artist a rest which is what they really wanted to do which is why it happens like that staggered sort of pattern it'll give the artist a rest and it'll give people a reason to keep buying it every month and I suspect although I don't know but I suspect at some point they will collect them all into, into one uh, that's what I was hoping of, like a volume of, of one shot yeah, yeah. I, I mean it would seem silly not to do it and, yeah. and that's probably just dependent on getting enough material for the one shots to do it which you know given you're only doing 22 20 pages uh, or 24 pages well if you're doing five issues in a one shot you know then by the time you get to say 25 issues then you've got another volume of one shots yeah yeah so. That would be that would be my best guess. Um, so I wouldn't. So, but if you do want to see my work, you'd better go out and buy that comic. You know. I mean, I'm gonna have to. Did you Did you pick up Soul Plumber? I didn't. Did you not? Okay. And if I had if I had to give a reason why, it's because I'm just not that into stuff in the Marvel or DC universes at the minute. Well, it's not though. It's not in the D. Is it's it not. not well, it's I, not part I, of the DC universe. Oh, I at thought all. I thought it was kind of spun out of the. Um, what's John's? Uh, Hitman and yeah, the, the superhero team that he had. The oh, 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 yeah, well, that, that, yeah, also, uh, um, oh, god, was it six pack and uh, yeah, the six pack, yeah, yeah, what no, nothing to do with nothing that. To do that. Well, not okay. at all. It's an entirely self-contained. Well, this is my face red. <laughs> no, mine no, is. wait, yours is. <laughs> hey, um, what do you call it? It's so the gist of it is that the uh, I think DC have done some reach out to to people that are 
they think would make good fun comics but are outside of comics is this for DC's black label yeah, yeah. right okay so th- this was a, a team who do a podcast called the last podcast on the left which is apparently wildly popular last podcast uh, on the left did a three or four episode series about the cult that Susie was raised in well there you go they yeah so that's that, that's what they do they do things on cults and you know myths and all sorts of kind of weird stuff uh, and the, the when DC reached out to them they kind of came back with this this story which was essentially about um, this uh, very very hyper religious kid raised to, to be super religious um, and uh, his he kind of is convinced by this organisation that this thing called the soul plumber works which can extract the demons from your soul but the soul plumber does work it just doesn't work that way what it does is it extracts a, a creature from another dimension uh, and this creature has its own sort of reason for existing and stuff and so uh, Edgar who's the, uh, the main character in this kind of extracts this demon called Blorp who, this creature called Blorp who becomes his friend and it's sort of and it's mental I mean it's the cre- mental it's like well, very uh, gonzo very I presume this will be collected at some point soon I would think so I would okay. think so I mean, well, I will but Ron I can hit you up then. with some copies of it if you really oh, want could you know Hi, um, so yeah I, when I call up to your house next um, so yeah so I've, d- I've done Soul Plumber so what happened on Soul Plumber was that John was drawing it um, for DC and John has long Covid and it's caused him to slow way, way down. I have, and yes, I've seen him on Facebook sort of yeah. busy um, complaining about having a lot less energy and a lot less... Yeah, yeah. I mean, John, John's like a super fit guy. He, he, you know, he would he would swim multiple laps when he's at the swimming pool. He'd cycle everywhere. He's a very fit guy. And, you know, and it seems to have really knocked him over. And, and the biggest problem with long COVID, I think, seems to be that you misjudge how much energy energy you've got you think you're okay and you go for a run and you come back and you're just done you are wiped out and it just seems to be energy reserves it's something yeah. like that uh, and it's just it's really sort of it messes up your ability to sit and think you know I mean when you're drawing comics you're reading a script you're translating that into, into images that is a thinking process and he's just he just sort of struggled with that so he asked me to help him out with some pencils and I penciled the first couple of uh, a couple of pages in the first one and then ended up doing about half the layouts on the second one I say layouts kind of rough pencils uh, and then by the third and fourth one I was kind of drawing half the comic so yeah. so I've done like a good chunk of it as well as him but it's fun it's really it's a weird sort of slightly erotic dance you do with another artist when you're drawing for them it's not the image I needed <laughs> where you're going um, you know it's like he goes you know do you want to do some do you want to do some layouts and I link them and you're going well what would your inks look like if I did some layouts he's going well what would your layouts look like if I were to ink them and you're like kind of going what if I do them and he doesn't like them and he's going what if I do these and he doesn't like God, it's, but, it's like Sid Little and Eddie Large <laughs> it's really but, doing but, an, er- an erotic art dance <laughs> And hey, listeners, we are that size. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> they, but like John and I are quite compatible in, in, in our... I mean, there's some things that are really interesting about us. John's art is almost pure chaos, like like John is. Yes. Whereas I am structure and order and, and you know, make things kind of line up properly and stuff. So I'm busy drawing panels that line up beautifully and John's getting these panels and just squinting them everywhere. And, and it's really adding a lot of energy to the stuff, which I'm kind of not killing, but... It, certainly I'm kind of trying to make it here's the structure but at the same time I'm also doing stuff that John's going I really like how you've done how you've told the story in this way because I wouldn't have thought of doing that so it's been in it was 
interesting working together. It was really nice seeing his pages come in. And I would see them sometimes. I'd go, they don't look like I drew them. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd put his pages on top of mine in, in uh, uh, Clip Studio, which is my version of Photoshop. And um, flip between the two, between his pencils or his inks and my pencils. And I... And you could go, you'd go, you'd look at it and you go, well, John's not used anything I've done. And you turn John's off, you go, oh no, it's all there. It's yeah. all there, but it's like, it's completely John's signature. So yeah. it's like, so it's really interesting. And I mean, we'd done some stuff prior on, um, I'd penciled a couple of pages for him, but I knew what the deal with that was, but this was much more, especially as, as on later issues where John wasn't sort of feeling well enough to kind of ink them. So I was penciling them for John and then him not being able to ink them, I was kind of going in and inking them. As you're trying to get hold of what John does and trying to introduce it in my artwork, which was tough but doable. So I've got that's that came and went, but the um, there I'm sure there'll be a collection. No one's mentioned it to me, but I'm sure there'll be a collection. And then of course I've been drawing the lion and the eagle, which, which I've been really enjoying. Have you been enjoying that? That's yeah. good to hear. Um, Is the third issue out yet? I well, let's let's let me just between you and me, I haven't finished drawing the fourth issue, so. <laughs> Right. Okay. And they're forty issues. They're forty pages an issue. The third issue should be out. If it's not out, it should be out soon. It's pretty soon. It's gotta be. Yeah, it's gotta be. And the fourth issue will. Uh, fourth. I mean, it is running later than it should have been. Part of that was because I started helping John. Like yeah. I, between the issue three, I think between issue and three and issue four of Lion and the Eagle, I've drawn a hundred pages of of that other story. So, right. Okay. Not not intentionally. And when I when I started it, I kind of went, "I'm helping John out here with a couple yeah. of pages." It was like, "Yeah, that's cool." And then by the end of it, it was like, "I've accidentally drawn about a hundred of these pages or so." So, um, well, the the, so the different the different inker and penciler relationship has kind of gone out of fashion. Huh? I mean, like most people tend to ink their own stuff these days. So I obviously, this is a this budget is the problem. This is a necessity thing yeah. rather than a. But budget's the problem because you don't really. I mean, it's a weird one because, like, for me doing layouts for John was dead easy. I could do them very fast because I knew what John can do so for me doing layouts I could do five pages of layouts a day right? which was much faster than John you know would be able to pencil um, and then inks were sort of John was doing those uh, at whatever speed he was doing them so I, you know it just it doesn't economically work out anymore yeah. you know it used to work out great now it doesn't so much um but having said that, some pe- some people are purely pencilers and some people are purely inkers. And I do love that. Like, give me Kevin Nolan ink and almost anyone. You yeah. Know? Um, Kevin Nolan on Magnola. Oh, dribble, dribble. Um, but it's... And, and a lot of the British artists come from a tradition of pencil and inks. Yes. As well. And as they've kind of come into American comics, that, that becomes the norm. So, I mean, I'll definitely, I definitely prefer pencil and ink in my own work. And um, I can do it reasonably fast enough that it doesn't, you know, it's not it's not too big of a problem. But um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see someone else inking my stuff. I mean, with John inking it, I was it wasn't that I was penciling for John to ink. It was like John couldn't pencil these, so I yeah. would pencil it, thinking what would John like to ink. Yes. So I was thinking with him in mind. Um, whereas you know, if I was penciling something, Kevin Nolan was inking it. You know, I'd love to see that. That would be amazing. But equally, I'd be going, Kevin, just ignore everything I've penciled there and just draw whatever it is. <laughs> just draw your own thing like. on the top of it. Do whatever, which is what he does anyway. So, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, so, yeah, I mean, what have you been reading then? A real wide variety of stuff. I mean, I've got really into, like, um, some old newspaper stuff from, like, the 30s and 40s. What? I'm really into Prince Valiant. Okay. Like, super into Prince Valiant. Uh-huh. Um Ignats and the uh, crazy cat. Is there, I mean, there's a weird thing, and this is this is maybe just me, where you kind of go, well, I mean, 
if I read this, how will everyone else be catched up, caught up with where I am? It's like you're so out of... It's like watching a thing on TV. It's more fun because it's being broadcast now and for everyone to sit around discussing it than it is to go, yeah, I watched a thing. Uh, it was called The Twilight Zone. I don't know if I've even seen it. It's really great. I'm on episode three. I mean, as far as current things go, I mean, the, only, the most current thing I'm probably reading is Deadly Class. Yeah. Which I really enjoy and that's nearly at an end. Um... I didn't know it was still coming out. It's it's got like four more issues. Strict Remender. I think it was turned into a TV series as well, wasn't it? It was, and then it was cancelled. Oh, okay. As these things are wont to do. Um, buying lots of image books, lots of yeah. like you know picking up the first. So not Marvel DC Universe stuff, but almost like almost none. I mean, I picked up the first volume of Al Ewing's uh, Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Haven't read it yet, and I think I'm I'm trying to push myself to read it because I've heard how good it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty good. It's 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 just it's just one of those things where I kind of can't get myself into a Marvel or DC headspace. Yeah, yeah. Because generally, as I was saying to somebody earlier on on Twitter, I just need my stories to be finite these days. Yeah. I need things to end. Yeah, and I can't. You, you want I can't to get excited about things that are going to be like. like Mo- I mean, the thing if I get invested in this story, I can't. I can't wonder what's going to be happening in it in ten years' time. Yeah, I need it to be done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. The DC Marvel problem is always. It's always the middle of a thing. It's never yeah. the beginning, middle, and end. It's always you know, the middle. I'd of expressed a thing. interest in getting into, like, you know, obviously the, the Hickman <clears throat> X Men stuff, and I'd read the powers of powers of X and uh, Dawn of X, whatever it was. The, the first thing, he, the first you know series that he wrote, and then I kind of realised if I if I get into this, I'm going to be buying every single X book going for the next few years. Yeah, yeah. And then you know we're nearly at the end of his you know his mm. uh, tenure on it. And I looked up somebody. I think Kieran Gillen post, posted a posted a thing which was like, "Here's a reading guide for this." There's like twenty five fucking trade paperbacks. Yeah, to there's read a lot all. of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, it probably that stuff is probably if you really want to read it and catch up with it. That's the a Marvel Unlimited app is, is your well, best bet. Yeah, someone pointed out that there are basically play, I, playlists I, on there I, you can I, read you know, through. I, I do like I like having a collection of books that is a beginning, middle, and end. And it's got nice artwork in it with the, the same artist and the same you know, or even one trade, one really nice trade or two really nice trades. But I mean, like if you were going to go for something that Al's written, I would say you know. Uh, what do you call it? They only find us when I've when been reading dead. that. Love it. Yeah. Love, I've, I've um, got the second volume uh, coming to me sometime soon. The first volume I've loved, but that that's kind of what I want. Is my my ideal length for a for a series right now is something where at the end of it there's like three big deluxe hardcovers and that's the whole yeah. series. Yeah. And, and the, the the series that I really enjoyed recently, like even over the last twenty years or whatever, like things like Lock and Key yeah. or Paper Girls or. Again, Deadly Class will be four hardcovers, but that sort of thing yeah, where, yeah. where there's a very finite series, mm. but there's a good chunk of it. Mm. So you feel like there's there's a, a significant amount of story, but it is contained. Yeah, yeah. So those and are you the can things. own it and have it in your shelf yeah. and go, that's the completeness of that. At the I same mean, time, like when, we're, when I'm reading something like Prince Valiant, I'm starting at 1939, and I'm trying to figure out what's the cutoff point for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, I think what I've decided in my head is I'm going to keep when on America buying. When America enters the war, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to stop buying these volumes around the point where you know Hal Foster stopped drawing them. Yeah, and say that's that's kind they, of my yeah, natural they are, they are an infinite story as well, aren't they? they it's they, still going to yeah, this day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and it's still it's still the same the same storyline in real time. Then clearly, no, but I mean, God, the art's gorgeous. Yeah. The the storyline is unbelievably dynamic in that it has that kind of because every page is one Sunday. Some, yeah. one, one Sunday page at the end of the story at the end of every at the end of every page there's just a great sort of like what's happening next yeah, week yeah it's a little cliffhanger and it does keep you t- turning the pages but mm. 
I don't want to spin through it fast because I, I just end up staring at the pages because yeah. the art is so rich. It's so incredibly rich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And plus the pages are a lot bigger than I mean like the the hardcovers are smaller than what they would have been printed yeah. originally. The, the, the broadsheets well, are much paper size. Yeah, I mean, so it just would be completely unwieldy to have a hardcover yeah. that size. Oh. But, you mean like the, the artist edition books though have to be yeah, that size think, just for that. I think the it, artist edition books of that would be the size of a house. Yeah. I think he actually was drawing those things like even reduced down for broadsheet. Yeah. They're a massive tableau that he's working on. <laughs> But um, I think they did produce one book that was like you know actual size, and, and then they just didn't. Yeah, make we're any not more doing that anymore. That's too hard to ship. That. Uh, too getting hard really to into like Carl Barks duck stuff. And then I have I have nearly all the volumes that Fantagraphics have published of that, uh-huh. and I've got all the volumes of the uh, the. You're just filling your new house with nice books. Sorry, is that what you're doing? Well, I, I mean, I've just kind of found that my favourite thing to do at the end of the evening now is just sit down, crack open a book. Stick on the little reading lamp that I have and play some jazz and, <laughs> and, 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 and read some comics. Wow. And Susie can be sitting some in the same room. Jazz. She can be playing you know, video games, whatever. I might just have headphones on. Yeah. Um, that sounds Id- idyllic. It is, it is, it is idyllic. Perfect. I love it. That's a you know, nice new house, filling each shelf up. We recently, I moved, I, we, like, because the kids are older now, and, like, our youngest is 13, our oldest is 17, they've been sharing a room their entire lives, um, it, so our, as you've been in my flat, so you've my little studio room, and then the, the bedroom the boys share, um, I, uh, we decided to let the boys have their own room, which means I've got to share my studio space with Thomas's bedroom. Okay. So Nathan's out now into my studio room. And uh, Thomas has now got his own little bedroom. And Tom is like that. He just, uh, nothing better to him than sitting, reading some comics, putting some headphones on, listening to some nice chill, chill music and... Jazz, know. I assume. <laughs> well, no, there's a, there's a thing called Chill Beats. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I listen. I've, I've, got, I've got a couple jazz, of, isn't it? I've like, got a couple of uh, playlists. Like, I've got one that's just called Beatstrumentals. <laughs> Beatstrumentals. But... <laughs> And it, it is just the same, the same sort of like. For, for an infinitum. Yeah. But here's what I was going to say is, I, like in my studio space, I had one, two, three, four shelves uh, with books, and then one of them was like a good good shelf. We started taking that, taking the books out of it. Yeah. Fucking hell, that's a lot of books one shelf holds. See, when you've built up that collection and you take all those graphic novels out and you start putting them in bags, you're like, oh my God, we're, what are we going to do with this? Moving was an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I'd imagine. I, I mean, I, because I had essentially about a month to move, I had the luxury of allowing myself a lot of time to do it. Mm. I just spent every night loading the car up with books and driving over another load of books. <laughs> Sort of very aware that my rear axle was almost touching would, the ground. Would you not have a better rent in a van and just like just shoveling on? I mean, the problem is when you've got the books in a bag, I think you can't I, stack them too high anyway. So you no. can only stack them flat on the ground. And it's yeah, like, it was just a, it was just the whole back layer of my car was just the tops. It was as the bags full of books. <laughs> That's mad. But they're all in now, and I'm never leaving that house. <laughs> you can't leave that house. No, I can't. All the books are. Right, I mean, the foundations need to be really sturdy for the books. <laughs> I think we should call it an end and, and head into this God, show, do not, you Nothing so? really changes. That's enough podcast for now. <laughs> okay, well, well, you know, we are who we are. We'll, 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 we'll wrap this one up then. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll maybe reconvene sometime soon. I mean, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what the sound quality Here, is going to be like. Let me tell you, my wife goes to me, I'm glad you're going out. It's nice for you to get out sometimes. <laughs> 
I'm going, all right then, thanks, I think. Uh, so yes, so she's going to kick me out of the house if I don't get out anyway. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe uh, we'll be get, no, back, no get back onto some sort of podcast schedule then. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll, and we'll see. see. We'll see if Scott wants to be involved or not. Yeah, I'd like He's him. maybe forgotten who we are. <laughs> Come back to us, Scott. All right, okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye-bye.